Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. our family Sunday, and typically we do that on the second Sunday, but we moved it till today, primarily because we were out of town last week, and today is Father's Day. Uh, So I think it kind of worked pretty good for us to be here speaking on this subject here on Father's Day. So everyone should have received uh, some sermon note handouts for you to take a few notes. Uh, Once again, we're going to do the acronym FATHER, just like we did MOTHER, and uh, speak to some things pertaining to dads. I'm sorry. Bob Bob needs a handout here if we've got extra handouts. Eldon, do we have Rolo? Here we go. Rolo's got it. Okay. Hold your hand up if you do not have a handout. Oh, we got several folks here on this side that need handouts behind you there. All right. Hold keep holding your hands up and we'll get them to you. And turning your Bibles, I'm going to start with Psalm 112. I think this is an amazing psalm and It's one of my favorites that I read personally for myself, but it's really applicable to us all, not to just dads or to fathers. But I believe as dads and fathers, there are some decisions that we make that brings, obviously, hopefully and prayerfully, the blessings of the Lord on our family. And uh, so I want to read this psalm, and then we're going to jump right into into the acronym of Father and kind of share with you a few important traits or attributes, if you will, of, of a godly father and some things that we need to pay attention to as dads so that we can be successful as dads, okay? Why don't we pray and then we'll get right into the scripture in Psalm 112. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time together today, uh, for each one that is here on this family Sunday here at Victory Church, and uh, we ask your blessings be with Debbie and I as we share from our heart, from your word, uh, from experience some things in our own life that we can share with others. Uh, Just help us to be a blessing to someone today. Uh, We don't stand here trying to say that we've got it all together or that we're perfect because we are far from that. But, Lord, we have given our lives and our family completely 100% devoted to you and have tried our best to follow you all these years. And uh, help us, Lord, to be an encouragement to someone today. Bless the reading, the teaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you there in Psalm 112? If not, I can't see a screen. Yeah, I can see barely right here. Psalm 112. We have it on the screen for you. So Psalm 112, here we go. It says, Hallelujah. Now understand, that's coming really out of Psalm 111 and moving forward. But here, Hallelujah. Happy is the man who fears the Lord, taking great delight in his commands. There's a couple of things here that... This dad, Ben, this is Father's Day, we're going to drill down on dads today. This is applicable to us all. Uh, But right here in verse number one, there's some things that's taking place. Number one, this dad, this man, this person fears the Lord. Now that fear is not a fear like I'm afraid, I'm going to hide behind the door, I don't want to have an encounter with. It's not that type of a fear. It's a fear of respect. It's a fear of reverence. Um, I had that from my dad growing up. It seems like that trait has been lost today 
but I had a reverential fear for my dad, right? And even my grandpa before he passed away when I was a young boy. But even greater, we need to have that fear for the Lord. So we have that respect. We have that reverence for the Lord, and we take great delight. In other words, we are thrilled to study and to learn and to live by his commands, okay? This is a good passage of Scripture for us dads. We have respect and reverence for the Lord, and we are thrilled that we can live and study the commands, the principles, the teachings of the Word of God and apply those to our life and to our family. Now, when we do that, there's some blessings that are going to come. They're unpacked in the rest of this psalm. I want to give them to you real quick, and then we're going to get on to the family part. His descendants will be powerful in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. His righteousness endures forever. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, compassionate, and righteous. Good will come to a man who lends. He's a generous man. He lends generously and conducts his business fairly. He will never be shaken. The righteous man will be remembered forever. He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. His heart is assured. He will not fear. In the end, he will look and triumph on his foes. Uh, he, he distributes freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. The wicked man will see it and be angry. In other words, he's going to have some enemies out there. He's going to have those that aren't following God and the teachings of the Lord, that are not excited uh, and delight themselves in the commands of God, do not have a reverential fear of God or respect of God. He's going to have some enemy, enemies out there. It says, but the wicked man will see it and he will be angry. He will gnash his teeth in despair, and the desire of the wicked man will come to, what's the last word? Nothing. (laughs) I love that psalm, and I want us to live in that psalm, especially us dads. Live in that psalm. Now, let me real quickly, and this is not in your sermon notes, but let me give you five blessings that come out of, as a result of the man that's living in delight to the commands of God, that's living in reverential fear and respect of God. He's delighting in the commands of God. He's living this out. There's some blessings that are going to come. I'm just going to hit them and move forward, okay? If you want my notes, I'll give them to you. Shoot me a text message or something. I'll email it to you. Here's five blessings. Number one, he's blessed with physical and material prosperity because he is righteous. You see that in verse two and three. Light is given even in darkness for the upright. You see that in verse number four. You got in some in some dark times in your life? Yeah, we've all been there, right? It's called the valley. But even in the valley, there's light that's being given to that man because he has this fear of the Lord. It's one of the blessings. Number three, he receives goodness in return for being generous and just. You see that in verse five. The fourth blessing, he will be firmly established in his faith. He will be unshakable. He will have no fear of what man can do to him. Right? That's in verse five. Man, I love that. A fifth blessing, because he gives to the poor, because he lives a generous life. He lives his life with his hands wide open. And guys, I've taught that ever since I've been here for 20 years. Live life with your hands wide open, right? The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord, right? I'm, I'm honoring him, I'm living for him, I'm looking to him to meet my needs, financial and everything else. I am not going to hoard it. I'm not going to get all I can and can all I get and sit on the can. Are you with me? Hello? Man, I'm just going to let God bless me. I want to be a conduit, just tapped into heaven and be a blessing to others. Right? 
Because we live that way, we give to the poor, our horn will be lifted up. That is, he will be made strong and honorable by the Lord. Man, there's so many blessings. And I could preach for an hour on that, but I'm going to stop. That's good stuff. Psalm 112, okay? So let's unpack that a little bit in our lives. Dad, you go home this week. You study Psalm 112. By the way, for everyone that got a gift... That reference is in that card, so you will not forget it. Psalm 112, verses 1 through 10. Good stuff there. But today we're going to talk about, or I was going to say family, fathers, right? And we're going to do the acronym for fathers, all right? So the first one that I want you to see, let me get back to my notes here, my other notes, and my clicker. The first thing I want you to get for father for this acronym is the word faithful. Okay? The word faithful. Dads, you're going to have to make a decision right now, today, whether you're going to be faithful the rest of your days on this earth. Now, that faithfulness goes out into a lot of areas. But the scripture that I have is John 15, verses 4 through 5. I don't have that in your notes. You may want to jot it down. John 15, verses 4 through 5. The Lord Jesus says, Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither you, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Now, guys, we've got to determine in our hearts what type of a family, what type of a home, what type of a man, what type of a father we're going to be. I want to be known for being a faithful father. First of all, faithful to the Lord, right? And that's a decision we've got to make right now in our hearts today. We must decide that we are going to be faithful. Then secondly, faithful to our spouse. And then faithful to our children. Faithful to our family. I mean, those are decisions that we've got to make. And we're studying Daniel, Daniel 1.8, one of my favorite verses of Scripture. It says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat nor the king's wine. You know when he decided that? He decided that long before he was presented the king's meat or the king's wine. He decided that way back there before he was introduced to this Temptation, if you will, or this other way of living. Guys, you got to make that decision today. Not when you're faced with the temptation of being unfaithful to God or unfaithful to your spouse or unfaithful to your family. Not when you're faced with that do you make that decision. You make it today. You purpose in your heart today that you're going to be a faithful man. Faithful to God and faithful to your family. You have anything you want to say on that? When we were trying to come up with words that we wanted to, to talk about today. When, he, when we came up with faithful, I'm like, you know what? What does faithful really mean? So I looked it up, and the, de- and the definition was loyal, constant, and steadfast. Faithful, I mean, I might need these again. Hang on. <laughs> faithful impl- implies long-continued and steadfast to, every, to what everyone is bound to by a pledge, a duty, or an obligation. If we're wanting to teach our kids to be faithful, first we have to model it, okay? To be faithful to church, to be faithful to your job, we have to model it. If you come to church once a month, 
chances are your kids are going to pick up that same habit. They're going to come to church once a month when they get older. Or less. Or less. If, if, if we're not faithful, our kids are picking that up. Okay? First, we want to model. We can't expect our kids to understand faithfulness if we are not showing them. How many of you guys, our grandparents, had this, went to the same church for probably 50 years? You guys have grandparents that have gone to the same church for years? How many of you guys have had grandparents or parents that have stayed at a job long enough to retire, get another job, retire from that job? You guys have people like that? Today, we have, in our generations, we have people jumping from job. You got no jumping job, 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 job. Do you guys know people that are jumping job to job to job? Are we teaching our kids to be faithful? Do we, have, do we know people that are jumping church to church to church? Preach, we're, Mama. Go ahead. Unpack right. that. Yeah. Park right there. I'm just saying, <laughs> we're not teaching our children to be faithful if we are doing those types of things. Not just faithful to your spouse, but you want to be faithful to your job. You want to be faithful to your kids. You want to be faithful to your church. You want to be somebody that some, everybody can depend on. Okay, and you're teaching that to your kids as well. So that's good stuff. So being faithful. Another verse that goes with that is Philippians 3.14. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So in other words, the Apostle Paul had a goal that he was pursuing. All right. And he was faithful and diligently pursuing that goal. So, guys, we've got to be faithful. Everybody say faithful. All right, let's go to the letter A. The letter A is available. Now, you may say, what do you mean by that, available? Dads, we must make ourselves available to our family, to our wife, to our children. We've got to be there. We cannot be an absent dad. We must be involved, intentionally involved in their lives, and we must make ourselves available. Now, the scripture reference I've, I have for that is our Deuteronomy 6 passage, okay? Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. I'm not going to read all of that, but it talks about that we're to teach our children as we're going through our day. When we rise up, when we lay down, as we're going through the day, as events unfold in their life, we're to have those God moments, those teaching moments that we teach and lay down the principles of God's word in the life of our children. But the only way we can do that is if we are available. Now, guys, here's the temptation. The temptation is maybe to put the career or the job in front of the family. The temptation is possibly to put your hobby, whether it's golfing or fishing or whatever it may be, put your hobby in front of your family. And then what happens is you're putting the career in front of the family. You're putting the, the, our hobby, whatever it may be, in front of the family. And now you're gone. You're gone on weekends, on fishing trips. You're gone. And I'm not saying you can't ever go fishing. And I'm not saying you can't ever go golfing. I'm not saying you can't have a weekend away and do something. I'm not saying that at all. But I've seen men, and you've seen this as well, that they're gone all the time. They're just absent dads. They're not engaged with the kids. They're, now, they're successful in their careers, and they're bringing home the bacon, so to speak, but they're absent. They're not available. So I guess if I had to encourage dads today, I just want to say be available. Be there. 
Be, and be there more than just in body. You got to be engaged. Get involved in the conversation. Now, I know it's tough, right? Tyler got married, has moved out of the house. So it's left me and Debbie and Kristen in the home, okay? You know ladies can carry on like eight different conversations at one time. And they never let you know when they're changing gears and what direction. So I'm coming. Who's that? What's that? What are you talking about now? They're like, we've been talking. No, you were talking about this just a minute ago. So I know, dads, it's challenging. And the temptation is just check out, right? ESPN, NASCAR, just kick back and kind of pay attention there. But you've got to make yourself available. Get engaged in those things. I know when we had, when our kids were small, John, he was, he was and still is a wonderful dad. I remember times, and I'll tell this, he used to come to church with pink toenails. <laughs> he would let Kristen paint his toenails. If you've got little girls, don't be, don't be too manly that you're not going to get down there and you're going to play Barbies with your girls. Play Barbies with your girls. That's not going to hurt one thing. That's not going to take away your masculinity because I know you're playing football with your boys he was, his, he was rough on Tyler. He'd play whatever Tyler wanted to. But he also got in the toy house, in the Barbie house, and he played Barbies. He used to have hair. He used to let Kristen put hair bows in his hair. You remember, Kristen? He was a good dad. He was involved. Be available, okay? I, be the hero, you know? Be the hero. Our girls and our kids are looking for a hero today, okay? I was in the store yesterday, and I'm sorry, but... I found this card, and it said, a hero isn't always some superhuman type who's out to save the world. Sometimes a hero is just a guy who saves the day with the right words at the right time. He has a hug ready when when it's most needed. You'll always be my hero, Dad. I can remember my dad was, he's a hero to me. And I'm pretty sure John's their hero. Be the hero in your kids' lives. Don't, don't waste. You, you, you're going to turn around and blink and it is gone. Time is gone. It just flies. It flies. Our kids were, we were just talking about this the other day and I'm like, oh my goodness, time needs to stop. We remember when our kids were walking in Walmart Picking up toys, looking at toys together and doing that and doing that. Now they're buried and they're looking at houses just like that. Okay? Don't take those times for granted. Be available. Play Barbies. with Your dads play Barbies. Play dress up. Play whatever you got to to be engaged in your kids' lives. And grandpas, you're right there too. You, don't, you cannot imagine... The influence you grandpas are going to have on your kids, your grandkids. And I know, I know, I am preaching to the choir because I see you guys on Facebook. You guys are good dads. I see donut dates. I see zoo. I see all this other stuff you guys are doing. You guys are doing a good job. I just want to remind you to keep doing it. When, when they get teenagers and they're not very fun, it happens. They're not always fun when they're teenagers. But that's not the time to say, okay, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm just not going to do this anymore because it's too hard. That's not the time to kick back. That's the time when your girls need protection. 
your girls are going to be looking for you to protect them from boys. They need to hear from dad what men are thinking. They need to hear the truth. They need to hear the truth from dad. And that boy that's coming in the house to date her needs to hear it also from dad. Yes. Yes. So be available. I'm sorry. I'm taking too long, so I'll go ahead. No, you're good. That's good stuff. Be available. Be there. And I'm going to put Will on the spot right here, but I'm not going to ask him to stand up and say anything. I'm not going to do that. However, though, when he started dating Kristen, I put him in a theater room. It was me and Debbie and Kristen and Will, the four of us in there together. And I remember him coming in there, and I'm saying, okay. And Kristen's, after the fact, Kristen's like, Dad, I can't believe you said all that. I can't believe you had that conversation with me in front of me and all that. I said, well, it's the truth. I said, I said Will, it's only two things I, that I ask of you. Taking my daughter out of this house, there's two things that I ask of you. You remember what those two things are? What are they? Shout them out real quick. Respect and protect. I said, two things I'm asking. If you're going to take my daughter out, two things I need, we got to be on the same page. Number one is you respect my daughter. Now, at that time, I parked and I unpacked what respect looks like. Hello? And then I said, you protect. If you take her out to eat, you position yourself at the table that if something goes crazy in that restaurant, you are aware of it. You are protecting her. You watch out for her. Don't walk in front of her. Don't walk behind her. You walk right beside and just unpack that. So that's just being available. You got to be there and be available. Now, whenever he asked me for her hand in marriage, I added one more word to that. We're going a little deeper in this relationship, right? So the two words I added in dating and one more I added. Remember what that one is? Provide. Yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Third word is provide. Now, here's what you need to provide for my daughter. And I'm not just talking about an income. And then I just unpacked what provide looks like. Okay. So the point is, you've got to be engaged. You've got to be available. Will, you made me so proud. Woo! Awesome. Awesome. Give him a hand because he, listen, it's tough being part of the pastor's family, isn't it, Megan? I mean, our kids have been that a whole lot. So they know they get used as examples, right? So now their spouses are kind of getting in this glass house that we live in. They're like, whoa, what's going on around here? So uh, they've been good sports. So uh, thank you. Let me also say something. How many, I mean, this is a way to your wife's heart. I am pretty sure. I don't think I'm the only lady that loves this. How many of you ladies love to see your husbands playing with your kids when they're little? Does that not just, that used to, I got to sit back and watch that for hours. And hearing them giggle and saying, do it again, daddy, do it again, do it again. I can just, I can just do that. So husbands, if you're wanting to get a little ka-ching deposit in the bank account, sit down on the floor and play with your kids and let your wife see you doing it. Even if it is ulterior motive, (laughs) it works. You know, we love. (laughs) Cha-ching. Yeah. We love to see you guys playing with our kids. It's just that's something to our heart. So that's just a, that's a freebie for you guys. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Nobody's reading between any lines there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we love the letter it. T. Let's move on. <laughs> our kids are like, move on. 
The letter G, temper, okay? Temper. <laughs> All right. Guys. And I know us guys sometimes can be short-fused, right? And we can lose our temper. We can go off maybe sometimes too soon. Now, I believe there is a time for righteous indignation. You hear me? There is a time to get angry. But even in our anger, Scripture says, be angry and what? Sin not, right? So even in our anger, we got to be careful that we don't sin. But the thing I'm talking about is just your temper, just, just losing it. Stuff is going to happen. And, and the verse I have with that is Ephesians 6, 4. And here's a command from Scripture. It says, fathers, now this is directly to the dads. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. But bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. We all know what buttons to push to stir up wrath or anger in our, in our kids, right? Don't do that. Don't get in a shouting match with them. Don't lose your temper with them. Temper yourself when it comes to even discipline or something's going array or wrong in the, in the household or the family or the situation. Just get control of your temper. Do not provoke your children to anger. However, the alternative is that it's our job to train them up to be young people of faith. To be young people of faith. Train them up in the training and the instruction and the principles of the Word of God. That's our job. Okay? So, I don't know if you have anything to add. I do. Anger. um, An uncontrolled temper can do untold damage to yourself and to the people around you. If you have got uncontrolled anger, you can do so much damage to your kids, to your marriage, to your self-esteem, for, to your husband. So if you've got, a, if you've got an anger problem, uh, you, the, one way to help with that is to start reading Proverbs every day. Just go to Proverbs and read one verse in you know, like Proverbs. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. That's Proverbs eleven seventeen. Another one, a, quick, a man of quick temper acts foolishly. A man of evil devices is hated. And I mean, just so on, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he is slow to anger, quiets contention. You know, I, you just, if you've got an anger, you don't want to make your family afraid of you. If you've got an anger problem and you come home and you're just screaming at everybody and slamming doors and, you know, just causing contention. And this is for wives, too. If You may have an anger problem. And if you do, start reading in Proverbs. Ask God to help you control that anger because sometimes you can't do it by yourself. You need God to help you. So read in Proverbs every day something that will help you control your anger because you don't want your, your wife. I don't, if I was afraid of John, I wouldn't want him to come home. I would want him to work overtime. Take another, what do you call those things, TDYs? I started to say TBCY, you know, that yogurt place. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would want him to be going all the time if I was afraid of him. You don't want your spouse to be afraid of you or to dread you coming home. Certainly your kids, you don't want them to dread. So work on that anger, okay? Start right. with Proverbs. Okay, the letter H, we put humble. Just living your life in humility, okay? Just being a humble, not a proud, arrogant type of a man, but just a humble man. There's something to be said about humility. Uh, Just 
Scripture says in Luke 14, 11, it says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Right? 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. So there's something to be said about humility. So I guess whenever we got to age, humble is one of the first things that came to my mind, or humility, mainly because it's, it's the opposite of just being proud and arrogant. And sometimes you see, those, see men that just walk around just, just arrogant, with arrogance, right? And, and just pride. That would destroy your family. It would destroy your relationship with your children and with your wife. So put on humility. And in due season, Christ will exalt you in due time. Okay? So that's just a word of advice or counsel. And and, uh, for humbleness for me is um, apologize to your kids when you mess up. You know, if you are parenting, you are going to make mistakes. Okay? And it is okay to say, I'm sorry. Your kids need to hear you say, I'm sorry, because that's teaching them, okay, I mess up. I, can, I need to say, I'm sorry. That's teaching them humility. We have had, John and I both have had to apologize to both of our kids. I know one time I got angry with Kristen and I yelled at her, really. I just lost it, lost my mind. I think it, I don't even know what it was over, but I just, I remember yelling at her, and I had to go back and say, listen. I'm having a bad day. That was totally my fault. I just lost my mind there for a minute. And I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And she said, yeah. But that taught her that I'm willing to ask her for, for, my, for forgiveness. And I remember one time when John pulled the kids both aside and said he was sorry. It is okay. We need to apologize to our kids when we mess up. But you guys need to be parenting. Parenting is not easy. You got to do it. And, but when you mess up. Rick, take take ownership of that and apologize for it, okay? Good stuff, good stuff. All right, the letter E. Here's what I want you to write down. The word evaluate. Dads, you must be constantly examining and evaluating your life. It's so easy how life sometimes can get off course. It's how we sometimes can get off course. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. So examine yourselves. Lamentations 3.40 says, let us test and examine our ways. So we need to be constantly evaluating ourselves. How are we with our children? How are we or how are we with our wives? How are we in our homes? Are we putting the job or hobbies or recreation or stuff or things or whatever in front of where are our priorities lining up? Are they in the proper alignment, which is our relationship with Christ, our relationship with our spouse, our relationship with our children? Priority number four then is our career and our jobs. We must be constantly evaluating ourselves, okay? I want to go back to that when... When I was when I yelled at Kristen that time, have you guys ever heard of that book? Um, I forgot who wrote it, but Have a New Kid by Friday. Anybody ever heard of that? You read it? It is such a good book. Um, teenage years is very hard. So sometimes when I would get angry or something, I would yell at, at the kids or something. But this book taught me to how to respond instead of yelling. Okay, so it is a fabulous read. I mean, he's got other. I, Dr. Kevin Lehman. 
Kevin Lehman. Yeah, How to Have a New Kid by Friday. He's got other ones, too. How to Have a New Husband by Friday. How to Have a New Wife yeah, by how Friday. How to Have a New Wife. He's got lots of books. That's but the guys, one that right? I love is how to, have, how to Have a New Kid by Friday. And it teaches you when you guys are not agreeing and you're not going to agree on things, you just, set the, you just say what is going to happen. And then when they get all up in an uproar, you just turn around and walk away. You've already said what is going to take place. It helps you handle those situations. And you, before, before you get caught up into a situation, you know I'm not going to get in a yelling match with you. I'm just going to walk away. And it absolutely changed everything at our house. So read that book, have a new kid, How to Have a New Kid by Friday. Excellent. Anything by him is excellent. Yes. So he's got a lot of books out there. And they're short reads. They're, they're real simple. They're really good. You'll read it and you'll go, wow, I think I can do this. It, yeah. it, it's just an, it's a paradigm shift that's going and to take place consistent. when you read it. Okay? All right, the letter R. This one is big. It's respect. First Peter 2.17 says, show respect to everyone. Dads, listen. There is no one that you should show more respect to. Besides your wife and your children. I've seen people show more respect to a total stranger than oftentimes their family. I've, I've watched dads yell and scream and belittle and say things that just are devastating to kids and to their spouse and to their family. And then turn right around to a total stranger that they don't even know and show an amazing amount of respect. Now, I believe we should be respectful to everyone. Now, I was raised in the South. You open the door for a lady. You hold the door for folks. You say, yes, ma'am. You say, no, sir. I was talking um, actually back when we had Jeff's funeral service here. And Mr. Renner, which owns the funeral home, was here. And anytime he would talk to me, I'd say, yes, sir. He said, don't call me sir. Just call me George. And one time I called him George. And then I said, George, I can't call you George. It's going to be yes, sir. Right? I was just raised that way to show respect, right? Don't show more respect to people out there in the world than you do your family and your, your kids and your wife. Hold the door for them, right? Do go the extra mile for them. Say thank you and please and don't dictate and yell out orders like a like a dictator. Will you please do this? Or what about this? Can I help you in some way? Is there something I can do for you? Or I'm going to do this. Would you like one? So just that respect thing. And I think that's big. Now, I think you may hit this from a different angle. Maybe. I'll see what you're going to say. I believe I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I just respect is a deep, a feeling of deep admiration for someone. Um, you, it's it's going to, it's a mutual respect is very simple. It means that you treat your spouse in a thoughtful and courteous way, you avoid treating each other in rude, in a rude and disrupt, in disrespectful way. Do not engage in name calling, calling your, cutting your spouse down, giving piercing looks. Do you guys have you guys had a piercing look from your spouse? You know that's not that's not respect. That's not showing respect. Don't do those kind of things. To, to have a positive relationship with your spouse, you need to treat him with respect. You know, our kids, when our kids are growing up, nowadays, I don't know what the cartoons are like now, but some of the cartoons teach, I mean, I believe it was 
Beavis and Butthead. I believe that was what it was years ago. Do you remember those? Terrible. I don't, and I'm sorry if you watch them, but you shouldn't. So, so I mean, just such teaching such disrespect to your kids. Pay attention to what cartoons your kids are watching. If they're yelling at that dad, a lot of cartoons now, a lot of TV shows are belittling dad, the role of a dad. Don't watch that stuff. I want my kids to respect John. And we never allowed our kids to watch that Butthead and Beavis or whatever you call that show. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead, what is it? I remember. But anyway, we didn't watch it. I, we didn't do it. So, and I, and I don't want, you know what, and another thing. If you young girls, have we got any young girls? Yes. We got any other young girls in here? If you are dating, yes, Cheney, and you guys need to teach your kids this. If you're dating and, and your boyfriend is disrespecting his mom, what do you think he's going to do with you when you get married to him? Do not, and we, we would tell Kristen this. Listen, if a boy disrespects his mother, you pay attention to that because he's going to disrespect you, okay? So if he's talking, if he's cutting his mother down, that is a no-no. Tyler was ne- they were never allowed to cut us down. It's just, that's just not respectful at all. So don't let your kids cut your, their parents down or each other. That is, that is teaching disrespect, Okay. Yeah, that's that's good. And we do live in a culture where the dad is at the brunt of all the jokes, right? I mean, you think about some of the sitcoms that are out there. Um, um, everybody loves Raymond, right? There's another one. Uh, who, who's the guy? He drives a yeah, King of Queens. What's that? What's that guy's name? Kevin. Kevin James. You know, he's always at the brunt end. It's it's just really teaching a culture and a generation of young people that dad is a nobody. You don't need dad. Well, you do need dad, right? And you do need to show respect to dad. Now, let me tell you where that's going to start. That's going to start with the wife, okay? Because more is caught than taught. Kids are going to pick up on how you treat dad, and dad's how you treat mom. And they moms are watching how you treat husbands. that. Right? If you're eye rolling. Yeah. <laughs> if dad is trying to drill home a point in the, with the family or the kids and you're back there making faces and just let him say his thing, you know, you're totally disrespecting everything that he's saying and they're not going to have any respect for him as they grow older. So respect is big, okay? So be sure you teach your children how to respect each other, how to respect you as a dad and their mother but also how to respect others. Teach them that. And you'll have those teaching moments all the time when you're out and about in the community, okay? So you're always parenting. You never stop do it, doing it. And it's, it's hard work, but it's very, very rewarding, okay? So back to Psalm 112. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, but, but I have a quick list, and I'll roll off some of these to help you show your husband respect. And this goes both ways, so I'm not just giving it to the ladies. You, you guys listen to these, too. Okay, stop what you're doing and look at him when he talks. Refrain from interrupting when he talks. Pray for him. Pray with him. Um, Smile at him. Okay, all right. It's fun when you come home. You know, I'm excited. I, I always greet John with a hug when he comes home. When he leaves, he gets a hug. 
when he, when, we just do. Tell him something that you admire about him. Ask him about his day. Talk positively to him. Thank him for something he's done. How many of you guys take it for granted that he gets out there and mows the lawn and um, cleans the car or I don't know what else he might do? How many of you take, you need to thank him for that or cook you a meal or smile at you, or thank him for, uh, give him space in his own house, dressed in ways that makes him feel he's worth. Um, ask him what I can do for you today. Let him drive. <laughs> ask him what, what you can do today, okay? Um, stop what you are doing and welcome him at home with a kiss. Let him make big decisions. Avoid using the sarcasm when you're speaking to him, okay? Um, don't give him the silent treatment. Compliment him often. Make his favorite meal. And you know what? If you can't cook when you first start getting married, that's okay. Keep trying. Okay? It does you get will better. get there. It does get better. I've had three big flops, and I'll tell you about them. For, I'll quickly. I made lasagna for my, my family. We just got married. I asked my sister and her husband to come over for lasagna. I don't know what I did to that lasagna, but it was like awful. It, I scorched the noodles or something, but it was so bad, we, we had to go out and eat. I said, I'm sorry, but this is rotten. So we, I, that was one big mistake. And then the other, I made gravy. And we lived in an apartment in a really rough area where stray dogs were everywhere. But I made this gravy, and I, you know, gravy and biscuits, that's what it was going to have. But I turned that gravy over in a bowl. To pour it, to pour it, it's supposed to pour. Yeah, well, it it's just supposed to pour. Fell over and, and it just jiggled like Jello. And John said, "Do I have to eat that?" I said, "No." So I threw it out back. We had, and this and no, I am not lying. There was a stray dog walked straight up to that and smelled it and walked off. He wouldn't eat it either. And I was so glad he did because that kept me out of the doghouse, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I never made gravy again. We were married five years before I had Tyler. But I said, you know what? I want Tyler to love my food just like I love my mom's food. So I started, as soon as I had him, I started making gravy every week till I learned how to make that gravy. And now it's really good. And if I'd have known we had gravy that quick or that easy, we would have had him a lot sooner. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so keep trying. And you know what, husbands, you know, don't, when she sets something down in front of you, I don't care if it is really bad. Just eat what you can of it and, and, and don't hurt her feelings. Because if you hurt her feelings, you're not going to get anything else. Okay? John was so nice to me when I'd make something bad. And I, I this is awful. But I made biscuits and gravy one time for my mom and dad. And he came over, and John, I got a hair, one of my hairs in one of my biscuits. And so John went, he, he took a bite, and he pulled the biscuit away, and I still had, he had crumbs hanging on right here. He went, damn, look! <laughs> well, he made us all sick. We could because if, even if it's my hair, I'm not eating it. So, but just... Just encourage her. She'll, she'll keep doing it, and she'll learn how to cook. I kept eating. I told her it's delicious. It was okay. Even if it's my hair, I'm done. Okay. okay. Okay, avoid complaining. Write him a love note. How many of you guys pack his lunch? Write a love note in there. That is so fun. Okay? Avoid criticizing him, especially in front of others. Okay? Uh, I'm trying to hurry. Uh, ask, ask for his help. Be happy and positive at home. 
That's a biggie, okay? You set the tone for that, for that house. Make him want to come home, okay? I'm done. Happy Father's Day. That's good stuff. Give her a hand. She really does a good job up here. She was extremely nervous with this being Father's Day. She said, what am I going to say? I said, it'll come to you. Trust me. It'll it come being to down you. here, I wanted to go back here. <laughs> this is too close. So, well, God bless you all. Happy Father's Day to all your dads. And we just hope we shared something with you that's been beneficial, that's encouraged you a little bit. And uh, parenting is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in life. It is the hardest thing you will ever do. And here's what I'm learning. You never stop parenting, do you? Right? So uh, I know, I believe Eldon and Barbara have been married here the longest. And Dave, Charlie, how, how, how old is David? 43. Oh, I won't ask how old Terry is. I want him to go there, right? So I know she's the youngest, right? <laughs> I was helping you out. I knew that, but I was helping you. Okay. Charlie, how, uh, what's your oldest? 50? You never stop parenting, do you? No. <laughs> you never do. So parenting is hard work, and you're going to parent the rest of your life, especially if, you know, obviously if you love and care about your kids, you're going to be engaged and involved. Dads, it's real easy to put all that off on mom, but don't do it. Step in there and be the hero of the family, okay? Be the, heroes, be the leader in that family, all right? Okay. All right, I'm done. Do we uh, have any announcements we need to make? I know. Adam. Okay. No youth group this evening. Uh, anything else? VBS starts tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. Help us go home and uh, spread the word to your neighbors and friends and share everything on Facebook and send also, it to people. Also, if you did not sign up to help, we need you. Miss Terry is doing crafts. We got a lot of people that's doing crafts. We need craft workers. Does that sound? That sound like crackers, didn't it? Craft workers, okay? Because we got little kids that'll be gluing and stuff. So come and help. That's an easy place to work. Yeah, okay? there's a place for you no to volunteer, volunteer and serve. Come so help uh, Terry come and help us with uh, VBS, okay? Boys or girls, we'll take you. Okay. All right. Anything else we need to mention? Got anything Adam? going on? Okay, so for those that would like to help us, we, we need to tear down all these chairs and get those out of here. We need to put up a few tables and what have you. Adam, why don't you just stand right here? Come up here. All right? As soon as I say amen, Adam's going to take over and he'll tell you which way to go, okay, as far as helping us out here with, uh, with chairs and what have you. If Anything you're not else? registered, please do that today. Yeah. Hey, also... Um, the uh, Victory Burn Offerings, our VBO, that's our barbecue outreach ministry. We've had a few little events mainly here at the church and a few little catering things we, we've done. We're having our very first outing where we're taking the trailer and we're going on location. Uh, on July the 4th, we're going to Mascuda at Chevy Park, and we're going to be serving our barbecue there. So we'd love to have helpers. We need teams of servers, teams of folks barbecuing, teams cleaning up, teams communicating. we got a lot of different things going on there. We'll be serving from 4 till 10 p.m., serving barbecue there from 4 o'clock in the afternoon till 10. We'll be there setting up, hopefully real early that morning, getting things prepared and set up. 
uh, but we'll let you know about that. But we just need helpers, okay? So if you would like to get involved in that ministry, I would love to be able to staff like two-hour shifts from 4 to 6, 6 to 8, 8 to 10, uh, to be staffing there to serve everybody at the homecoming. It's not the homecoming. It's the July 4th. Uh, firework event that they'll have there. They draw a crowd for those fireworks in Mascuda, okay? So we will have plenty of work to do there. So we need your help. And this is going to be an outreach for our church, one of the things that we're doing. This is our first big one that we're going out. So put it on your calendar to help us out July the 4th in the park there at Chevy Park in Mascuda. And uh, we're going to try to put some teams and things together. We'll throw all the information out there to you so you can see where you can serve. Uh, but be thinking about that and reserving that day. The biggest event we've done so far is 75 people. Pastor has requested we have somewhere around three to 400 servings worth of food. So we're looking at about four to five times the size of what we've done so far. So as much help as we can get, as much, as much help we'll take. So if you guys have any questions, you can come see me, come see Pastor. We'll put you to work. Okay? So that's our goal. That's what we're trying to do, okay? So come help us out, all right? Anything else? If all you right. can't cook, come this day. We can blame it on him. <laughs> He can teach you. He can teach you. Respectfully, right? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together today. And Lord, our prayer is that something's been said and shared with our church family here that will encourage us all to go be better dads. Bless our dads here today. This is their day. Uh, We pray you bless them, bless their families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're at liberty to go. Happy Father's Day. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.